This is the Game Day on Rocket Top Podcast, episode 186. I am Joel Hollingsworth, and as always, I'm here with Will Shelton. He's right over there. Will, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's a, it's a good week to talk about stuff. Um, but first, before we get into that, I wanted to ask you, 60 seconds, off topic, uh, what was the most interesting thing that happened to you at Boo at the Zoo today? What was the most interesting voice? thing? Yeah, shout out to Boo at the Zoo at Zoo Knoxville, which the last time I was there, I was a kid. Uh, so this is the first time we've lived in the Knox. We live in Knox County. The first time we've lived in Knox County. Uh, first time I've lived here in 16 years and certainly first time I've lived here as a parent. So it was a lot of fun to take our kids. Um it was Star Wars night at Boo at Ooh, the Zoo, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I had a, a, a f- it's the first time this has happened to me where um, Zakai Ziegler was there, oh. and I um, like the dad of five year old who like seeing that as a dad of you know oh my son kind of knows who this is and then i had a whole existential kind of thing where what i was trying to say was um hey you know this guy (laughs) this is the truth in the matter of full disclosure of what i was trying to say is uh we almost bought you his jersey but didn't because (laughs) we ended up buying him a grant williams jersey celtics jersey instead but in the middle of that trying to come out, I was like, don't say that to <laughs> Zakai Ziegler or anyone. So I had a lot of like all the hats that I wear were all coming out at once. They were all falling off my head of like sports blogger and dad and just human being or whatever. But uh, he was super cool and and took a great picture with my kids and all that stuff. So oh, cool. Uh, very grateful. So, yeah, Knoxville's uh, I romanticize this place because I haven't lived here in so long. And now that I've lived here again for only four months, the Vols are apparently great at like everything. So uh, I need to side gig with the Chamber of Commerce at the moment because I'm very pro Knoxville. Uh, So it was was a good night at Boo at the Zoo. Good weekend in uh, in the volunteer state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So like he's like short, right? For a basketball player? Or is he actually short? Is he shorter than you? Oh yeah, I'm six three, so like it's not unusual that people are shorter than me. But he's yeah. yeah, he's short. I mean, usually basketball players, when you run up on them, more than any other sport, you can tell that's a basketball player. And yeah. and my wife is short. Alex is five four or five five, and I mean he's he was like closer to her than to me. So um, yeah, but it just like it it no joke. Like then you you kind of watch him and. He was there with his mom. That was cool. Um, but like you, you kind of watch him and you're like, he's got the stature of a guy that if you ran up on him in the YMCA, you would think, okay, this guy's not going to be a problem. And then you're like, oh no, this is like, he's one of the most impactful players on a Tennessee team. That's as good as anybody. So um, yeah, like I said, it's a good, a good night at Boo at the zoo and very glad to have that guy on our team for a number of other years uh, still to come. That reminds me of one time I was at the uh, uh, airport. We were uh, actually picking up some uh, 
some uh, some of our Ukrainian friends. And uh, uh, so it was down in Knoxville and John Folkerson and I guess his girlfriend or somebody uh, were um, coming in. And uh, it's weird, you know, because I did kind of a double take, you know, and so I, I looked at him and I smiled at him, you know, just like you do a regular person, you know. Sure. And, uh, and we like, you know, our eye contact was, um, a little weird, a little, <laughs> it was weirdly long because, you know, I would expect that from me is like, oh, hey, that's, that's folky. Right. But it almost looked like he was saying, oh, hey, that's Joel, <laughs> which I know he wasn't. You know, the tri the Tri Cities bond is strong. Apparently, it is. I smell pals on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Anyway, my my only experience from Boo at the Zoo was uh, uh, we took our kids. Our kids have always been terrified of Halloween, <laughs> and uh, so I don't know why we took them to the Boo at the Zoo. But uh, I think Abby was like five, and uh, she was like always very clingy so if she got frightened or something she would just run to either me or her mom and just grab onto us she was you know that was her home base right but uh toward the end somebody came in in like a full-blown spider-man costume including the mask over the face and she freaked and did not run to me, did not run to mom. She just ran the other direction as fast as she could. And she was running away from us. And we almost couldn't catch her. She was five years old. And, uh, yeah, she's still kind of uh, a little nervous around. She's got a bad spidey sense about Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Um, let's talk. Tennessee football because hey we got stuff to talk about um yeah. Tennessee versus LSU this uh last Saturday it was uh an 11 a.m central game which is kind of what you want against LSU but they were still you know did they have glass bottles in the stadium it looked like they had glass <laughs> bottles but of course I understand that uh our uh mustard and ketchup um at Neyland Stadium now are in packets and not in bottles um, after the Ole Miss game. So anyway, a uh, little off topic there again. But uh, Tennessee put up 502 yards of total offense. LSU uh, only got 355 uh, rushing yards. Kind of a big surprise here. 263 for the Vols and only 55 for the Tigers. And you know what? Here's the big surprising thing. Um, what do you think the most surprising thing about the game was, Will? What am I going to say? That's a great question. What was the most – the totality of it might be the answer to that question uh, of what was the most surprising thing. But, no, I don't know. I'm trying to think based on what you were what you were just saying. But, no, I tell me, what was the most surprising thing of the game? Tennessee won the time of possession. Ah, yeah, yeah. I saw that <laughs> yesterday. I'm so I'm so conditioned now to think – that stat doesn't matter at all. I even throw it out when we actually win it. Yeah, there was, uh, I mean, we grinded them there at, at the end. I think that's part of it, too, when you say, 
the totality of the thing was so surprising and Tennessee won 40 to 13. Yeah. Uh, we, we attempted five field goals. I mean, that in, in the realm of what is success for high pulling these guys offensively. Oh, that could have been worse, you know, and, and Tennessee, uh, is, is we are seeing more often that Tennessee is running some clock late in these games because we have the luxury of doing so. So yeah, yeah. there's still, still plenty new uh, out there with this team. It's really impressive too, like just in the weirdness of football that for, for uh, we would need maybe somebody even nerdier than Bill Connolly to answer this, but what is the combination of uh, best average starting field position which good grief. I mean, Tennessee started yeah. drives in insane and, but still one time of possession like that, that's an odd combination. And if we were playing Tennessee Martin this weekend, not Alabama, I'm sure we'd dive into it more, but yeah, good, good point there before we move on from last week of that was an odd and, and beautiful combination there for Tennessee's offense. It was, it was really good to see him um, put on the brakes and actually be able to st- Okay, my metaphor is going to break down here, but they could still actually move, you know. They they actually move. Rolling stop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they slowed down and uh, still made progress. So uh, that was nice because, like before, what we do is we go into like a, we wouldn't just play slower. We would like totally change the offense and bunch up. And that's, you know, that's not what we do, you know. So, um, anyway, um, Brew McCoy, another terrific game. He had seven passes, 140 yards. Uh, and then he was also uh, altruistic. He gave uh, Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt the uh, the two touchdowns. So he took all the yards. Hyatt got the touchdowns. Um, Byron Young, I think that, ha- that guy actually has a good case for adverse possession through uh, open and notorious – uh, possession of the LSU backfield. Did you know that you can actually steal your neighbor's property if you just like put a fence over it and claim that it's yours? And if they don't complain for like seven years, it, it becomes yours. Yeah, that's kind of what Byron Young did. Is this a uh, law school? Is this like an obscure bar exam question, or is have you do you have 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 you uh, you know been part of a case where such a thing actually took place? Or are you, are you allowed, allowed to say on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is not legal advice. <laughs> I, do, I do not expect Just anybody to go up in your neighbor's you. yard and fence it off <laughs> real quick and then wait seven years and it's fine. Go Vols. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, here, we should turn on the uh, – we're actually live. You know, I, I forgot to say this. We're, we're doing a live stream this time. Um, so it's going out to uh, um, YouTube, our YouTube game day on Rocky Top. Uh, YouTube page thing. We're on uh, Facebook Live and we're on whatever Twitter's version of that is too. So we actually can get um, comments. So if all the lawyers want to tell me that, hey, <laughs> you're remembering that wrong from studying for the bar exam, which was when I heard it, it was like 20 years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a thing. Uh, yes. But my point is not that you should go out and move, move your fence. Uh, my point is that Byron Young moved his fence very effectively yesterday. Uh, he had uh, two and a half sacks, two and a half TFLs. He had five tackles. 
that dude is getting really, really good. Um, and then the, the rest of the line, too. I mean, that was supposed to be a pretty good LSU offensive line, wasn't it? And well, they just, you know, their tackles, they, they had, yeah, I know they had one, one guy in the hospital and then, you know, playing some freshmen and other things. But what, what surprised me is I went at halftime to go back and say, man, four sacks in the first half. And, and I don't have, I'm not, maybe I'm not subscribed to the right thing to tell me what Tennessee's most recent record for sacks and a half is. But I thought, man, four sacks in a game, like when's the last time we did that against somebody that wasn't, Tennessee Tech, but if you go back and look through again for for where it can feel like sometimes, especially before Saturday, that Tim Banks and these guys get a, a bulk of their criticism. When's the last time we had four sacks in a game? Three weeks ago, Tennessee, Tennessee did to Pittsburgh and knocked a quarterback out of the game. And then you start looking back, Tennessee sacked South Carolina four times last year. They got Ole Miss, Matt Corral, five times. Uh, you know, there's some others in here. They got three against Will Levis last year. Uh, this is a whole uh, – maybe we can weave this into part of the conversation, but this team and the way it plays, not only is it um, – I, I struggle to find them contextually. Like, you got to go back so far and then to, to find something this good. And then football kind of – so different back then that it's hard to make those one-to-one -one comparisons. But then also there were just some particular things that Tennessee just wasn't real great at for uh, a number of years and, and not uh, the fault of one coaching staff or another, just, just particular things. Getting to the quarterback was one of those things for a long time where uh, other than Derek Barnett, who was great individually, you didn't feel like you had a lot of guys. There were a lot of, Think about all the years we were playing. This guy's a converted defensive end playing defensive tackle, and this guy's a transfer, and maybe he'll come in and solve all our problems and all that stuff. And now you look around, and Tennessee gets back there regularly. Uh, so it's it surprised me. Maybe I'm the only one, but I, at halftime, I thought, man, we got to be on some kind of crazy pace. No, like they had four sacks at, at Pittsburgh. Like I just you just forget that like. And I'm still like, I want to find myself looking around the room to see like, if anybody's going to hear me say, maybe we're just good at football. <laughs> and, it's been, and it's been so long. Like, yeah. no, it's just, maybe it's just what it's like when you're good at football. And, and uh, we've, it's, it's been a minute on that, but it's pretty great. Yeah. 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 It, because here's the bottom line. Uh, Tennessee didn't just beat LSU in death Valley. They, went into Baton Rouge as what a three and a half, four and a half point favorite, something like that. And, uh, they won by 27 points and it probably should have been more. Um, we would have won even if it wasn't, even if we didn't use that EMP that, uh, <laughs> that, that people on Twitter are saying, <laughs> saying we used to cause the fumble, which, you know, if we got one of these, if we have one of those, let's bring it every time. Okay. It's cool. I liked, I don't know if it was the same guy on the message board or I, I saw when Bill Connolly tweeted it, he had the picture of Clint Sterner going down to of like Tennessee has used this device before. Uh, so yeah. uh, again, like these are relevant comparisons. <laughs> these 1998 things are suddenly these, these relevant kinds of comparisons. 
but I, you know, we talked a lot um, in the off season. We talked a lot about the uh, the power of the good surprise, where what Tennessee did to Missouri last year, where Tennessee, <laughs> this seems like a million years ago, but Tennessee was a two and a half point underdog and then beat Missouri by thirty eight. And that is that's the second biggest uh, turnaround spread for Tennessee going back like 30 something years. But you start going through here and and looking at some of this stuff. And I mean, Tennessee turns. A, so that's a 24 point positive turnaround on the spread uh, against LSU uh, yesterday. Um, South Carolina last year, Tennessee was favored by 10 and a half and won by 25. So, I mean, these these are things that are are happening with frequency. And I don't know, let's say, I hope LSU wins every game the rest of the year. That's good for us if they do. But because you did it this time, not to Missouri, not to South Carolina, not even to Kentucky, who I know was a ranked win for us last year, but that, that LSU won the, won the title three years ago. Yeah. And for Tennessee to come in there and do that against that program, like now, I mean, that's, that's, there's, there's a lot of, Again, the calendar is such a big part of all this. If we weren't playing Bama this week, this whole, like, is Tennessee back? Where does this win rank? We'd be talking a lot more about LSU for a lot longer. Yeah. But now we get to pivot to, you know, an even more fun conversation potentially. So it that was a huge win, just a huge, deeply satisfying win. Uh, and not against Missouri or South Carolina or Kentucky, but against LSU on the road as only a three-point favorite. And, uh, you know, everything you just said, it's 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 pretty great right now. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. I will point out that they did also fire the coach in the last three years. But um, so yeah. did we. Like <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't count against us. We're immune to that. Like that's no one gets to bring up that excuse with us. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, anything else you want to say about LSU before we just talk? I want to talk about uh, um, just the Vols and how how good they are uh, right now. Uh, but do you want to say anything else about the uh, LSU game before we move on? No, other than just the general kind of uh, still almost desperation for a full season where we can look back at the end of said season and say, yeah, man, that was that was the one. That was a good one. The, the things of when we played this game six years ago and you got all these wins, I remember thinking this is all so much so fast we won't really have time to enjoy it until it's the end of the season. We can look back and do all this. And then it just, it, it really fell apart for those guys in, in 2016 and you never got the chance to do that. So uh, I, I think there's more confidence than ever, certainly post Fulmer, more confidence than ever that Tennessee is going to put together an entire body of work here where you can, you know, I want to talk a bunch about this LSU game in like May you know, except now the problem is in May, we'll probably be talking about baseball. So, my, <laughs> yeah. you know, my off-season content list is down to like July. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about this game a lot more when we can look back at the whole body of work. Um, but now we got to 
you know, we, we got something more coming next, but I know you don't want to, we rightfully so like, let's talk more about Tennessee for, for a minute before we talk about Alabama. Yeah. All right. So uh, the Vols, they're number six in the AP poll. Number six. I just want to like, let that sink in for a second. Yeah. Uh, not number six in preseason before before florida they're number six after florida after lsu so uh that's good um they're <laughs> yes <laughs> i concur some of these things are so fundamental but you know it's been so long that you gotta you know you you really have to explain these things to the well, kid because and, and they've that- never seen this before yeah, I mean, literally, that's that's correct. You would have to explain it to to a kid, uh, and which I wrote this on the site today. It's really they're so high now at six, where like it's a true stat to say this is Tennessee's highest ranking since two thousand five. That's true, but in 05, they were three in the preseason poll, and then they almost lost to UAB. There's the Rick Clawson, Eric Ainge trying to figure it out. They almost lost to UAB in the opener. They went down to like six. They were five when they played Florida in the swamp and they lost like 16 to seven urban Myers first year. So yeah, that team was three, but you know, not, not for long. So then to me, if you really want to talk about what this team is doing now and look for the comparison, you got to look at, when has Tennessee been ranked this high later in the year? Now the, the Oh three team is a really um, that's, that's a strange and interesting kind of season where Tennessee went 10 and two going into the bowl game. They won in the swamp, the halftime Hail Mary game. Um, Then they lost to Auburn by a touchdown and then they got blown out by Georgia in Neyland stadium but they came back, they beat Alabama in five overtimes in Tuscaloosa, and then they won at Miami, the, the Kellen Winslow, uh, I'm a soldier game. Um, so that Tennessee team got all the way back to six, which is where the Vols are right now. They, that team got all the way back to six. At the end of the regular season, they got really shafted by the bowl selection process. That was in anybody that's been around a super long time. That's like, I'll never eat at Outback Steakhouse again. That was, there may be no (laughs) one listening to this podcast that remembers that, but Tennessee got passed over uh, by the Outback bowl and a number of others and ended up in the peach bowl and lost to Clemson. So like even that team, you were six at the end of the regular season, but then they lost the bowl game and people don't really think of that. That was just a weird year. Uh, and people don't really think of that. So then, like, where you go back to is 2001. And, again, it doesn't have to be 1998 yet. We, we don't have to do that. But 2001, like, that these, these are the championship caliber years. And that's where Tennessee is now. Tennessee lost in the hobnail boot. They dropped to, like, 13. We put all this on our site today. They dropped to, like, 13. And then they kept winning. And by the time they got to that game with Florida, the rescheduled game with Florida in the swamp, they were at five in the AP poll. They were at four in the BCS. And of course they won. So then they went to two. And, and of course they lost. Huge underdog to Florida for some reason. Yeah. 16, it closed at 16 and a half. It was 18 for a lot of that week. That Bama line, by the way, is already down to seven. So we'll talk, oh, we'll talk wow. about that in a minute. So, um, yeah. but anyway, like that to me is. 05 is truly the correct number last time we ranked that high, but that was preseason. 
Oh, three, they kudos to them for getting there at the end of the regular season. Just the bowl really lost a lot of it, gave it such a bad aftertaste. And then we're at like comparing this team to 2001. And I mean, that's a real, I think that's the best comparison in terms of where Tennessee is in the national conversation. If we went on Saturday, we can talk about 1998 all we want. But right now, like, oh, one, other than winning it all, that's, that's as close as we've come. So, yeah, I mean, this this is – again, the title of this podcast should just be Things Are Pretty Great. Things they are. Things are pretty great. Things are pretty great. So, yeah, I mean, we are in control of our destiny in the East. How long has it been since we've been able to talk about the race for the East, right? Um, that conversation is usually out the window the third week of September. Um, but uh, only Georgia's in the way right now. And uh, when you look at Georgia, you know, with the exception of a blowout win against uh, number 11, Oregon, to kick off the season, um, they've not played any ranked teams yet. And they've flirted with um, some bad results against those teams. And then they have three top 25 teams in November, a rivalry game against Florida um, at the end of October before that even starts. And so the truth is we really don't know how good Georgia is yet. Now we think they're good. I mean, their history says that they're good. They're the defending national champions. Um, They've been recruiting like crazy. Um, They're generally good under smart. So, you know, we have a good reason to believe that they're super good, that they're the team to beat. Um, but, you know, we don't know just how good yet. And the thing is, we, we have some mounting evidence that Tennessee is actually pretty good. You know? Um, we do. Uh, it's a real yeah, thing. We have, we have real stuff here. We have exhibits, man. <laughs> I'm going to get out the poster board. Um, uh, so number one, total offense, 547.8, 548 yards per game. Number one, that's number one. That's like nobody better kids. (laughs) That's nobody better. All right. Um, number two in scoring offense, we're scoring 47 points a game, 46.8. Uh, I'm looking at the official NCAA stats. I know that some people have been looking at some other things and coming up with different numbers, but I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm looking at the official NCAA stats. Um, and then, you know, defense, everybody's saying, well, you know, we get, we get vulnerabilities on defense. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's true. Um, but I think also that what we've done is the best thing we can do with that. And and what I mean by that is that we've kind of chosen the right things to focus on and not be bad at and just kind of gotten used to the idea that we're going to be bad at some things. Um, Brain defense, right? That's the end of the game. Scoring defense, we're 22nd. that's that's pretty good. Um, that's good enough. 
when your offense is number one uh, or number two in scoring. Um, let's see, we got uh, in red zone. We're tied for first red zone offense. Uh, I don't know how many are tied for first. It's uh, but red zone defense also not bad. Tied for sixth. So um, Tennessee's pretty good. Um, and we've played a pretty good schedule. We played uh, Pitt, who's good. Um, Florida, you know, we had um, it was it was not just Florida. It was Florida and the weirdness that we were competing against. And we defeated both because the weirdness did show up and we still won. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't know. We've been blogging since what, 2006? We, we've been saying, I think, I think Tennessee is good for, you know, do the math for me. <laughs> what is that? 14 years? Well, I think 16 years. 16 years. But I, I think that's the, you, you can back this up with plenty of advanced stats and advanced metrics and, and all that stuff. Now, those first couple of years, 06, 07, Tennessee was good. Um, but we, I, I, um, I started writing at Rocky top talk right after Lane Kiffin got hired. And so during that stretch, um, I mean, the other thing other than 2016, the other things we would compare it to now are so far away. I mean, you were talking about like Derek Dooley's third year where you hoped we were good and then we were really good on offense but not good on defense. That's miles away from this team. Um, 2015, where pound for pound, play for play, 2015 is Tennessee's best team of the last 15 years until this one. But that team, because that season started with the, the really frustrating losses to Oklahoma and Florida, you, you just always felt like you were, you were still frustrated that it wasn't even more and play for play. Those guys were great play for play. But other than that, you know, even, even 16 now at this point, play for play. When you look at what those guys did against Appalachian state, they play the weird game with Virginia tech where Virginia tech fumbles six times. So if you fumble it to us six times, we should beat you by three possessions at least, which is what happens in Bristol. Um, and then everything that happened in that four week span, uh, had plenty of unique moments and, and plenty of incredible celebratory moments. But that's why I was curious to see that game in 16, the Tennessee Alabama game in 16, which was one versus nine. That, that was, uh, before LSU when people were saying, well, this will be the biggest game since whatever. I'm like, we forget the week of that game. That was a huge game. We just got our doors blown off and then, what Tennessee did against Alabama in 2016 was like the seventh most consequential result in that season. So when we talk about Tennessee in 16, we never really talk about that. We talk about Bristol and Florida and Georgia, and then we talk about South Carolina and Vanderbilt. You you think about, you know, when you and I are, are both in our, you know, 80s and are looking back and thinking about, you know, all of these things, that 2016 season, every week, was a story in some form or fashion, but that Alabama game, the week of it, you're telling yourself, if we don't turn it over literally seven times against Texas A&M, we're undefeated, but play for play 
that group, the way they struggle with App State, you know, they, they beat Ohio like 28 to 19. Um, that Georgia team in 16, uh, the Hail Mary game, that was not a great Georgia team, uh, Kirby's first year. Um, when you compare that, and you still had this incredible, incredible buildup for Tennessee and Alabama that just went away instantly because Tennessee had a ton of guys hurt in that game. Um, but Bama was just way better than us. Tennessee on that day was plus 13 in Neyland Stadium. Tennessee opened plus eight here, and it's already down to seven. Now, I don't, Bryce Young, I, I don't know, right? Like, there's a whole factor there with Bama's quarterback that we'll see what happens with that. But, um, I mean, there, there's just not a – we wrote about some of this too. It's like we, we just – we missed a step. There's never been – there's been nothing between nine and four, and you're kind of upset about it in 15 and 16, and playing one of the biggest games that I have ever seen Tennessee play in, ever. There's a lot of middle ground there that yeah. we never stepped on. And let, let me say, uh, Bama's going to be favored over us. Obviously, already are. Georgia will be favored over us. Kentucky, we'll see with Levis. Uh, Kentucky is capable of beating us. You know, this could still end. This this body of work in 2022 could end as that step. Tennessee could finish nine and three, and we would still say, uh, okay, this was this was a step from here, and we're not ready to beat Alabama or beat Georgia. But it is without question true that we look more ready to do that right now than we have in 15 years. And it is without question, you know, if you're if you're plus seven at home, like you know, we're we're not talking crazy talk to think about Tennessee continuing to carry this thing forward. But when you talk about the East, yeah, it does, what Tennessee does against Alabama doesn't matter for the SEC East because we will control our own destiny no matter what, as long as Tennessee beats Kentucky, <clears throat> which has turned it. You know, there's so much in this season too that's interesting. That Kentucky game in two weeks went from. Here comes another top 10 showdown to big flashing lights trap scenario because Kentucky's got Mississippi state this week. I think Mississippi state is good. Good. Like I think yeah. they're good, 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 real good. Yeah. So if Kentucky loses that game, then they've got a buy and then they got us and that's, and we got Georgia the week after like that's, that's trap 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 all all over that so we got to get through that uh at that point in time but um yeah it's just that's a lot of me talking to say here's all the comparisons and here's why they don't work perfectly and there's just not a good one because there's a missing step in there uh, up, up to this point yeah that is true um I was looking up the uh, line because I think we're going to move on to the big question here, Alabama. Um, is this the biggest third Saturday in October? Um, well, uh, it, it it is a big one, and it's the biggest one since when. I know you've already uh, written about this, but um, I wanted to just, talk about Alabama for a second. Um, I think uh, when I was writing my notes, they, uh, they were number three in the AP poll. And I think they're still number one in the coaches, unless that one had not been updated. 
but I think they're still number one in the coaches poll. Um, and as usual, they've, they've steamrolled some teams, um, but they also kind of, they squeaked by Texas and Texas is kind of, you know, they've been Jekyll and Hyde in and out of the top 25. Um, and, um, they were two yards and one play away from getting beat by AM last night. Um, did you see that, uh, on the Nick Saban show, how he diagrammed what he was thinking on that last play. I mean, that's amazing stuff, you know, to have all 11 guys know exactly what they're supposed to do and have them all do it, you know? And then, I mean, my my wife asked me, uh, as we were watching the very end of that, she goes, what do you think is going to happen? I said, I think Bama's going to stop them. Uh, that's just, that's kind of what they do, you know, <laughs> they, uh, they come out in the end, but, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen that, look that up, uh, will, do you remember where that was, was, uh, that Bill Connie lease, uh, Twitter timeline. I've seen it a bunch of places on Twitter. The, the, as someone who, you know, does not watch Saban's coaches show, uh, yeah. <laughs> ever. Cause why, um, uh, I was super interested in the way, and this may be a nothing thing. It's just something that crossed my eyes. Um, just someone that, that you know, uh, works with people and, and does relationship stuff uh, in church world and all that stuff. The, that he would call some players by their first name and then he would call other players by their jersey number. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. And what, because Toe Toe was one of them where he was like, we got Henry over here and then yeah. we got like two or something else. And Will Anderson, he called him by his first name. So I, in my brain, I was like, is it, you have to be, if you're so good, like Will Anderson can be called by his first name, but everybody else is their Jersey number, but all those little cogs and that machine were exactly, exa- I mean, it was exactly right. Uh, yeah. And I kept watching it back to think, Man, I don't know the first thing. I don't know what it's like to be the quarterback in that scenario, in that play. I think he had more time than he thought he had. A&M's quarterback, I think he had more time than he thought he had. And I, I don't I don't know what happened there. But I'm glad. I had the, the reflex watching that last night. I had to keep thinking, no, I want – me anyway, I want Bama to win. Yeah, me too and at I, that point. I would prefer it by more than this. So. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, Saban is Saban is Saban. He's he's, you know, he's a smart dude. Yeah, and, and to get that knowledge out of his head and into the head of all those players, um, that's a that's a system that, uh, it, it's you know it's it's uh it's I don't want to give him credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll call it okay. He did, he did a pretty good job, Nick. Um, yeah, he does a good job. Um, so uh, they did, um, you know, it's important to note, they played without Bryce Young. Um, and w- uh, that was the other thing I was going to look up. Um, at the time I wrote my notes, there was no new news on him. Have you seen it? It's a... Uh, about 9.45 um, Sunday night right now. Do they have anything? Usually they'll release those things Monday during the press conference. Um, I, I've just seen expected to play. So yeah. whatever that, 
is or means, I, you know, I, I, I don't think anyone is under the impression that he's out for the year, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. So I expected to play is, is my default assumption until somebody from Alabama says otherwise. Yeah. So um, th- they're a different team with him, of course. He's the Heisman Trophy winner from last year. Um, so um, I don't know how many points he's worth, uh, but the other there's not a lot of drop off. I mean, that, that other guy's pretty good. Um, if you see him, you basically employ the Florida game plan, right? Pretty much any running quarterback is going to get that that game plan. Um, that you know you gotta you're going to give up some stuff, but you want to make sure that uh, the quarterback doesn't get loose on you all game long. Um, so, um, what they are uh, over the course of the season, um, total offense, number seven. <laughs> and, you know, we used to write these things. You know, I, I used to write the game previews. And remember, one year it was, there's a monster at the end of this book. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's takeoff of Sesame Street if nobody catches our, the reference. But, um, and so I would go through everything that Alabama was, and then I would talk about how uh, scary it was to play them, you know, jokingly. Uh, but here's mostly jokingly, yeah, <laughs> mostly jokingly, yeah. But uh, to- mostly, I just got tired of writing the same thing every year, so I had to come up with a different way to say it. But um, total offense, they're, they're seventh in the nation, and normally, on most years, I would say, see, there they are again. But you know what? They're not number one. <laughs> right. right. You know who is number one? Tennessee. Tennessee's number one. All right. So um, they're scoring offense. Number five. That's pretty good. That's kind of scary. You know what? It's not. It's not number two. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You see where I'm going here? All right. Uh, now the defense. The defense is better. Uh, total defense six, um, ours is 87, but total defense doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm starting to tell myself lies again. All right. So stop me when I do that, but, um, scoring defense matters. So their scoring defense is sixth. Actually, is that what I just said? Or did I say total defense? Oh, they're both. Yeah. Total is, yeah total is what you're talking about a second ago. Okay. Scoring, uh, this is what their sixth score. It's not that bad. And that's why it's kind of an even game. You know, if our offense is a little bit better, their defense is a little bit better, you know, uh, you're talking about a, a good game. Um, and in the red zone, this is surprising. Remember, Tennessee's red zone offense and defense are tied for first and sixth. Alabama's. Uh, red zone offense, 53rd. Uh, their red zone defense, 38. Um, so there's something. All right. Now, uh, at the time I wrote this, they were an eight and a half point favorite. You said that uh, the last you had seen was it was down to seven or seven and a half. Seven is what I saw um, before Boo at the Zoo. It was well, seven. 
seven and a half from two hours ago. Okay. Um, I think it started at, uh, I'm going to look up my, my hat guy thing here. Um, well, in a minute, I'll look it up. But um, regardless, you're talking about probably one possession um, game or maybe one plus a little. Um, cheapest tickets on the secondary market right now are, or at the time I wrote my notes, uh, $368 each. That's the cheapest ticket. And if you want a good seat, um, they're 3000 each in uh, section T row 30, if you want it, uh, at least when I checked it. Um, so you have to trade in your 2012 Camry actually to, <laughs> to pay for that ticket. Um, and then you're still sitting by yourself unless you get another Camry. So, um, <laughs> so my question to you, Will, this Saturday's game against Alabama is the biggest game in Neyland Stadium since when? Against who and why? So you asked you asked me the hardest one first because it's true. Like if it's Neyland Stadium, I think it's 1998. Mm. Uh, we we posted this before about the since 1968, not 1998. Since 1968, this Saturday will be the 11th time. Tennessee has ever played a game where if you take the, the rankings of the two teams and add them together, it's a single digit. Three plus six is nine. So we've only played 10 other games in 55 years like this, starting, of course, at the top with one versus two in the national championship in 1998. Every Tennessee-Florida game, Tennessee and Florida, one of them was ranked two and one of them was ranked four in 96, 97, 99, and 2001 in the BCS. Like that's just a quick shout out to anyone young who may, there may be no one younger than us in our demographic listening to this, but anyone that is, uh, those games were life and death, man. Uh, and th there might, because Alabama is not in our division, it may not feel quite as much like that back then, but I think it's 98 because the other the other games that are on the list of like biggest games since 2001 Florida, no question. I, 2001 Florida is a bigger game than this one. It was just in Gainesville. 2001 Florida, that was, we thought, win and play for the national championship. So yep. no question anyone that says that this is bigger than that game is a crazy person or was not alive in 2001. Um, other than that, though, if you want, Tennessee's been in the SEC championship game three times since then. They were in the SEC championship game the very next week, 2001. They were there in 04 and 07. Now, in 04 and 07, we were not headed to the national championship if we won it. And, in fact, both times we were playing teams. Auburn in 04 was undefeated. Um, LSU won it in 2007. So both times the, the odds were against us significantly, those two trips to Atlanta. But if you want to say, look, those were bigger games than this because it was the SEC championship game, that's fine. I got no problem with that. Um, those games were in Atlanta. Other than those games, I don't know, man. Uh, so I would say two, 2001 Florida at least is as far back as, as that's where I would stop for sure, and say that was a bigger game than this. If you want the other SEC championship games, that's fine too. 
Um, but in Knoxville, I, I mean, I think it's 98. Um, I, I just don't know the other huge games in Knoxville after 98. Um, in 99, Georgia was ranked 10th and Tennessee was six or seven. Tennessee won 37 to, to 20. That just didn't feel – we had beaten Georgia a 1,000 years in a row at that point in time. So it didn't feel that way. Um, uh, the 2001, uh, Georgia was, I think, unranked. The Hobnail boot, I think they were unranked um, at the time. Mark Rick's first year. If they were ranked, it wasn't very high. Um, and so that didn't feel like a big game coming in. The LSU game in Knoxville that year didn't feel like a huge game coming in. And other than that, like the Cal game in 06 was huge for Tennessee. This is why I wrote this about Sunday. Like one other thing that we have not done in 15 years is because our, our rivals are winning national championships. Think about what Texas did to Oklahoma. Like what if you're a Texas fan, what a ginormous day that is for your program Saturday. Does yep. it resonate on the national level? Not much because – I think Oklahoma is kind of bad and Texas has already lost two games. But if you're a Texas fan, you don't care about any of that right now. You're so happy to beat Oklahoma. You beat your rival 49 to nothing. When you're us and your rivals the last 15 years have won eight national championships. We don't have the opportunity to beat to like surprise. We beat our biggest rival 49 to nothing. That's, that's not been in the cards, my friend. So like that's these are not options that have been available to us. So there have been games like Cal in 2006, Um, 2007, Kentucky is the last win that I don't feel any like that 07 Kentucky four overtimes to get to Atlanta. That's the last one where I look back at it and I say that was a great win. And I don't look back at it the way I do the 2016 wins over Florida and Georgia and say that was a great win, but so, uh, but being we still lost the opportunity to go to the New Year's Six and, and all that stuff. So I, I think it is, to me, it's the biggest game that Tennessee has played since 2001 Florida. If you want the SEC championship games, that's totally fine. Um but in Knoxville, I think that makes it the biggest game since 1998. And, like, I don't want to say that. I'm not ready to talk about 1998 yet. I'm happy to talk about 2001. Like, I'm happy to talk about other years. I'm just not ready to talk about an instant equating what we're doing with winning the national championship. I think that's unfair. I don't think we're there yet. Uh, yeah. But like I said, if we went on Saturday, we could talk about 1998, 1998 all you want. Yeah. And, and like you were saying about, uh, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, um, if you're talking about one game at a time, you know, I, 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 I like uh, that you often talk about games in context of how the season plays out and how um, a game can be rendered uh, sort of impotent in the, in the, in the in the memory by the way the season ends, just like 2016 was ruined. Um, at the same time, um, I kind of view it as you know somebody. I don't know who it was. Some commentator, or somebody this this week they were saying, you know, every 
every every Saturday is a new season. You know, every game is a new season. And that's true. Like when you're Texas and your season is lost in Oklahoma, your season is lost, but you're playing your rival and it, and it means something, you know? And so I like the fact that, um, that I just, you know, this game I think is going to be, uh, huge. I think it's going to be, uh, have the same kind of feel, um, that Tennessee, Florida in 1998 had when um, it's just that we don't have the historical context for it yet. And I think that might be a good thing. Um, game day is going to be there. It's going to be sold out. Um, there's going to be, you know, every car dealership is going to be filled with 2012 Camrys. Um, so, you know, it's, it's going to be fun. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited. I, I know that, uh, anybody who's listening to my voice for the first time, it's like, that dude's not excited, but trust me, this is, this is me excited. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, this is, this is how I, as excited as, as I get. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm super stoked. So, um, well, you have, I, you, I, I would just say too. The other thing, if the best comparisons we have are these Tennessee Florida games, and here's something I think is this is this point is getting ready to go away in college football in the SEC because these guys are not in our division. This is not all or nothing. When when we lost to Florida in September in '95. Since he wasn't ranked as high in 95, but in 96, 97, 99, it was it felt like death because your the whole flavor of your season then became will Florida lose twice? Doesn't matter what else Tennessee does, because at that point we'd broken the Bama streak and we were beating Georgia every year. It was will they lose twice? And you played that game week three, and and that's why it's so interesting to me too. Just and these may be only things that that I you know you you and I care about as a pastor and a lawyer, but like we are conditioned as fans when we talk about those rivalry things. Until last year, Tennessee has played Florida, Georgia, and Alabama in the first half of the season. Yeah. So we're conditioned for the back half of this thing is focusing on next year and young players when it doesn't go well, or even when it does go really well for us watching Florida and hoping they'll lose. I can't tell you how many Saturdays in those years of like, yeah, Tennessee's playing South Carolina today, but the real action is will Georgia beat Florida? And usually the answer was no. And so we're, we're conditioned in that way, but now for, again, Bama's not in our division. So, um, if if Tennessee loses a close game on Saturday, like our playoff odds are not going to evaporate because you've still got Georgia. And if yeah. we lose a close game, what we're going to say to ourselves is, let's go beat Georgia and get these guys again and yep. get Bama in Atlanta. And if you do that, we're going to the playoff. So like this is a whole new dynamic that we don't, 
we just don't have the rhythm for it. And I think that's how, again, I, I'm a history major. I, anybody that listens to our site or reads our stuff knows I, I always love these comparisons. But at this point, we are stretching back so far to make them that the, not only has football itself changed and Heupel's offense and, and all that stuff change and it's still super fun and there's a whole bunch of stuff i want to do during the tennessee martin week to say let's look at just hendon hooker compared to some of these other ut quarterbacks and that sort of stuff but like we're we are the comparisons are so far back and the landscape around us has changed so much about what it means to win the east what beating florida means and what it doesn't mean um it's it's just new, and uh, I I think we had to get to this point to kind of realize it. But the comparisons about looking at the ranked numbers and seeing how big of a game it is on a national level, all that's good and true. But in terms of what this will mean for Tennessee's season, I don't know what the good comparison is because the best you can do with it would by the numbers is Florida. But that was a division game where if you lost it, you were screwed. Yeah. And this. And don't get me wrong, this is our best shot against these guys since Nick Saban has been on the sideline, other than the first year, which we won't, don't want to talk about that anyway. But, like, I want to beat these guys desperately. But uh, it's it's different than those Florida games just because you don't have to think, like, if Alabama beats us, it like – it doesn't matter if they lose two games. They won't, by the way. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, that's not the chase for us. The chase would then become Georgia, and can we get back in this thing? So yep. the, the bad outcome, and, and this is certainly possible. We lived part of this six years ago. We may get out there and just find that we're not quite ready for this, that Bama is Bama, and we still have some of the trappings that come with where we are in year two with Hypel and after everything we've, we've been through and all that stuff. So we might find out we're not ready for this. I have more reason to believe that that won't be the case with this team than any Tennessee team post Fulmer. Um, but it's just, it's just its own thing. And I've spent two days, man, it's so much fun. Like I, you know, our lives are, are, busier and we're doing different things there was a time and, and uh, you know we always i i love hearing from folks that have been reading us at various websites for a long time but like you know uh it, in my pre-married pre-kids days like i'd crank out three four pieces a week about you know bowling green or whoever we were playing yeah. and that's just not my life right now but i find myself right now being like man i want to write about this every day because it's so like it's so precious and yeah. rare this this opportunity stretching so far back and it's it's just new and it's its own thing and it's great and it's great and let's go win it you know like that's that's the real thing too it's not great just to be here like i want to see if tennessee can win this game yeah. and i'm you know not not going to be alone in in thinking that they can yeah, we, we've written too many uh, meaningless stories about Bowling Green to let this uh, week pass by. That's right. All right. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, do you want to know what uh, Hat Guy uh, thinks about this? I do want to know what the – this is the old Statsy preview machine. I do want to yes. know what Hat Guy, Statsy preview machine, thinks about this. Yes. Uh, he's He says Alabama by 5.7. 
So uh, Tennessee, 18 points, Alabama, 24. And it's just hard to believe that Tennessee only scores 18 points, isn't it? <laughs> what did we end? I think we got we had 17 against Georgia last year. Um, and there was a there was a piece of the Bama game last year where it was like the faucet got turned off, where we were yeah. we were hitting deep bombs and all that stuff. And, and Hooker threw an interception. It was I remember because it almost never happens. Yeah. Um and uh and all that stuff, but you know, it's um it would that score would surprise me, but it it probably shouldn't just because Bama's Bama. And yeah. you know, we, we shouldn't be uh there's a difference between being disappointed in an outcome and being surprised by it. Yeah. So if Bama shuts this offense, you know. I think it'd be surprising if they hold us to seven points. But if Bama holds this offense to 18, that would be disappointing, but maybe not the most shocking thing in the world. They're Bama. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, the uh, you know the two, two best comps uh, from a defensive perspective are LSU, of course, um, who are holding opponents to 19, and, and Florida holding opponents to 25. Uh, Alabama scoring defense is 12 point five so those are the closest comps and alabama's significantly better um but i mean against those comps tennessee scored 176 percent of what they usually give up almost double of what those teams usually give up so um yeah i i just i'm i'm really looking forward to this to this game I'm already setting the stage that, uh, you know, nobody's going, no, no 11 year olds are going to ask me for my phone so they can play Minecraft during the game. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to work on projects uh, on commercials. You know, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch and enjoy unless somebody has an old 2012 Camry that they want to donate. Uh, so that I can go or like an extra ticket because somebody got COVID and wants to uh, um, reach out to me and, uh, and say, Hey, um, you want to go to the game? So am I begging for uh, Alabama tickets? Yeah. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you put some fear so. in me. Cause I, I uh, really, thankfully no one in our house has had COVID for two and a half years and i've spent lots of uh when we moved here four months ago i spent a long period just long periods of irrational fear of like well i'll get covid for sure my last sunday in virginia or my first sunday here or whatever and i've really been free i've, I've that's been my joke kind of is like okay now i can get covid anytime but like this would be a bad week for that so no 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 no. if you get covid just sit in the alabama section Again, this is not legal advice. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Um, I only want to spend 30 seconds on this because we are uh, about, we are a little over an hour. But yeah, I want to talk about Brew McCoy's stiff arm because I have been very impressed with this man's stiff arm. It's like something you only see uh, with running backs. But man, when this guy gets the ball after catching it, if you go up and try to tackle him, he's going to punch you in the face, and it's legal. And, and and you are not going to be able to reach him. 
Um, so I don't know. Thoughts, Will? No, it's it's awesome. Listen, the um uh as someone watching it from home, the Tennessee fans in Tiger Stadium, when he did that and went down the sideline, and the the sound of the Tennessee fans on the road doing the brew, like yeah, that's, cool. that's pretty good. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful. Again, credit Hypel and these guys, and we've talked about we, there's so many years where Tennessee was so depleted. Of course, all this pre-transfer portal. Uh, years where Tennessee was so depleted and you'd get a, a transfer from anywhere and think maybe this guy will save our whole defensive line or sign one. Tennessee did a better job recruiting than this, but the best players they signed to say that guy's got to come in right away. Joshua Josephs. He's like, that guy's playing great for Tennessee yep. on, yep. and and they're doing a good job getting him on the field more often, getting him on the field when they can, can rush more guys on third down and all that stuff. He's great. And there were so many years for Tennessee where it was like, well, he better be as a true freshman. Like, he better be great or we're screwed. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it's nice to see that these guys, for the most part, that Tennessee is bringing in. Uh, there's a Rick Barnes quality to this of these guys are getting developed, uh, are, are making, you know, significant impact. And the fact that Tennessee's passing game has not dropped off without Cedric Tillman is just kind of stupid. I mean, yeah. it's that's just, you know, I think I'm done worrying of, oh, no, they've got to bring in another wide receiver. Like, it's, it's going to be fine. And that, too, yeah. that's an old Tennessee sort of thing. It was running back for a long time at Tennessee of, like, doesn't matter who goes down, whoever comes in is going to be great. Yep. And that at wide receiver anyway, uh, so far, that's pretty much, that's, that's pretty much what's happened. Yeah. It's, I used to be uh, really jealous of Lincoln Riley. I think it was um, because no matter what quarterback he touched, he turned into a Heisman trophy winner. <laughs> right. You, you know, uh, but uh, I like hypo. I, 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 I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from Hennon Hooker. Um, he's he's doing all the right things, and I love the guy. Um, but I think where the confidence comes from is that Hypo knows how to turn guys into that. You know, he, he knows how to train quarterbacks, and the system is what gets everybody – clicking um and again it, the system is not a knock on on the players um the players still have to go out and do it but he knows how to train them he knows how to teach them and coach them to do the thing that wins so um that's where that that's where the confidence comes from that no matter who comes in he's going to be able to teach them yeah, they've already been taught probably so yeah. All right. Well, um, I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, this is the game day at Rocky top podcast. Um, we are, uh, we think live streaming for the first time. This has kind of been what we call a soft opening. We didn't <laughs> announce it to anybody, uh, in case it didn't work. Um, and actually we still have all of our fingers crossed. Um, 
that it actually recorded so that we can use it as, as the podcast too. Because Which is where most not, of the people find it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're still hoping that works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're living dangerously. Um, but uh, we, we do appreciate you uh, tuning in, uh, assuming that that happened. <laughs> right. Otherwise, it's been great talking to you for an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, yeah. it has. It has been fun. It has. So, things are pretty great. Things are pretty great. Yeah. Um, so we will if this did work, then uh, we're going to do more of them like this. And uh, then if that is the case, then next time you can catch us uh, wherever you want. We'll probably post it on the website. Uh, but you can also catch it on YouTube, uh, on Facebook Live, and on uh, Twitter, whatever Twitter's live streaming thing is. And you can chat um, on any of those, and we will see it here on this platform, and we can respond to the chat. Um, <clears throat> um, right here. So we can do some pretty cool things. Um so hopefully it works. All right. But uh, in any event, um, Will, nice talking to you. And anybody who heard, thanks for, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to uh, bonus coverage. Uh, it, just, it just all reminds me of, again... Have been doing this so very long. Like the old, there was a time at Rocky Top Talk where it was talk shoot, yep. and you had to. I think I know we were all on our phones. Yeah, but I think to listen to listen live, did you also have to call a number? Like I don't think it was streaming live on on RockyTopTalk.com. I think you had to also call a number. And listen to us talk on your your telephone. Yeah, it was like a giant uh, business conference call. Yeah, and like, <laughs> I mean, hey, like people did shout out to to longtime readers of that website. But yes, we've come a long way from the uh, the talk shoe days, uh, and are so old now that I'm sure there are many people watching this that are like, how do you not know what restream is? Which makes me want to say, well, you don't know what talk shoe is. So <laughs> yes, get over it. Right. Talk show, yeah, it had a rotary dial. Yeah. Restream, I think, is is I don't know that I think there are other services that do this. Um, I picked this one because I found it. Um, it's part of that uh, Ukrainian thing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can put like this thing up. I don't know because it says live over here in the corner. I don't know if that's being recorded or not. Um, but uh, yes, I can. I can do this. That added a border. Okay, that's not what I want. Even bonus coverage, anything goes. I was like, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, right now, it, it just a flag that says something that you know, unless that live stuff is not actually there, or you can do like really stupid things too. Yeah. Sure. That that is very <laughs> stupid. I uh, don't like that at all. Um, there we go. 
uh, hearts coming out of this is like Bath and Body Works theme. Did you, did you specifically pick these as father of only girls? Like I feel like <laughs> these are some repressed things are coming out here. Of like this is stupid. <laughs> uh, well, see, there's a cupcake. Um, yeah, no, these oh, yeah. these were these were packaged. So I I don't know um, why these are the package. I don't know oh that's just a, a restream thing so um i don't know what those are you know just shapes the ufo okay. up there above me yeah. now if i could just figure out how to turn it off <laughs> bonus coverage this time is joel pushes all the buttons to see what they do that's right oh man yeah <laughs> so um yeah uh so i i assume you're going you and alex yeah, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah we're trying to figure out our uh our our nephew's birthday is in the morning at uh one of these gymnastics places uh so we're gonna try to figure that out my uh, covington my son his birthday wasn't actually the day of the florida game but that was the saturday so we had we had his birthday party the morning of the florida game at like 9 30 uh and we won so that's working out well so we're gonna this time we're gonna do some you should have another birthday party yeah yeah so shout out to my nephew lucas um and uh and his dad bryant big fan of the uh my brother-in-law big fan of the podcast so Hopefully that magic will uh, will continue. What worked for me will also work for my sister's kids. So hopefully that'll uh, that'll <clears throat> that'll be something that's there. But yeah, it's I mean, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like like anybody, that's a real thing where I'm like, I got to write a bunch this week because who knows? It's it's the same argument I had uh, and uh, uh, Chris Pimley and I had this conversation. Uh, former Rocky Top Talk writer. Uh, about the Gator Chomp, about doing the Gator Chomp in Neyland Stadium, where I just did the, it's the George Costanza thing of like, I did the mental calculus on when might be the next time I actually get to do this again. And uh, I calculated the odds of the Portuguese waitress, that George Costanza thing. And it was like too, too good to pass up. And so, Yes, I did the Alex and I did the Gator Chomp up 17, not up 10, up 17. Uh, because it was just like, I don't know when this is gonna come around again. So I'm gonna take advantage of it now. So that's how I that's how I feel about uh writing twenty thousand words about Tennessee and Alabama this week. My favorite yeah. um you uh when you said the the um Tennessee's tied for first in the country in the red zone, I looked it up and I didn't realize my favorite thing about that stat is the other three teams that have scored every time they've been in the red zone, it's Tennessee, Clemson, Ohio State, and Vanderbilt. <laughs> wow. So that stat may be a bit unreliable, but yeah, <laughs> Vanderbilt is perfect in the red zone. Vanderbilt has scored 21 times, 17 touchdowns and four field goals on 21 red zone visits. So they actually have a higher touchdown percentage than Tennessee and Clemson in that category. Um, so, you know, anyway. I, I, have you been paying attention to Vanderbilt? Um, because 
like clearly not. <laughs> uh, because I'm starting to think that maybe they're not bad this year. Um, and that's a little, you know, 2016 ish creepy. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think maybe we should keep one eye open on, on Vandy. And SP plus Tennessee would be favored over Vanderbilt right now by like 27. So, okay, never mind. Not, not well, what that's like, not crazy. Not, yeah. not, uh, you know, we were favored over Akron by 50. So, not that. But, um, yeah, some fr- we'll find out. There's lots of these teams. Um, South Carolina, Missouri, like, we got time. We'll find out. We'll, we'll see, you know, what to do with any of those things. I just, Heupel's got such a, we are really good at beating teams we are better than. Uh, plus or minus Purdue, who we played that game without Alante Taylor and Theo Jackson. And, uh, you know, that yeah. uh, is not recommended last year. Uh, but, um, we're just, otherwise we're just really, we're really, really good at beating teams we're better than. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hat guy made me feel better too. Uh, 59 to 20. Okay. So hat guys plus, plus 39 on the, <laughs> uh, again, we got time to worry about that. I've been telling my, you know, moving to town and meeting new people and all this stuff and folks in my church, like when I've met some, some very passionate and serious Alabama fans, that's what I've been saying all year is like, we don't have to worry about you. Like we got to worry about Florida and then we got to worry about LSU. Like we don't have to worry about you now. So, but now we do. So um, I mean, that's how I feel about Georgia right now. We'll solve that problem later. I want to see what that guy says about Georgia. They're so close to SP plus. Bama and Georgia. Um, I mean, Bama is uh, less than one on a neutral field. Bama would be favored by eight tenths of a point over Georgia in SP plus. Alabama versus Georgia. Yeah, Bama is twenty nine point one, and Georgia is twenty eight point three in SP plus. So if they played in Atlanta, Bama would be you know minus one. Um, All right. So. What's it say about Tennessee, Georgia? Uh, so Tennessee is uh, Tennessee is twenty one. Tennessee would be seven point underdog against Georgia on a neutral field, so nine and a half in Athens. All right, so uh, I got it. Yeah, heck, guys, got him at 12, 12 and a half. Yeah, someone said this on Sports Animal, one of the shows a couple of days ago about you know what. Does Tennessee have a better chance to beat Alabama or Georgia? Just based on the supposition that if we got ahead of Georgia, could could Stetson Bennett, you know, get them going? But I just feel like some of that is is we're stereotyping those guys. I mean, I know they were bad against Missouri offensively, but pretty much everybody else, they kind of do what they want. So I think it's myth that oh if we got up you know 17 on Georgia that they couldn't come back. I yeah. don't I don't I don't know that I'm buying that. No, their their strength is running the game is running. So, you know, it, it doesn't take them long to score. I mean, when you're running and getting first downs. Um 
So it, that that it seems like the game plan uh, against Georgia is to just keep everything in front until you get in the red zone and then blitz. Send them all, right? Yep. And but the thing is, uh, you know, at the very end, the last what three, two, three, four minutes, Georgia just overwhelmed them, and they could just run whenever they wanted, and they ran right in and got two scores, I think. Missouri, so, yeah, yeah. I was so mad at myself for staying up and watching that because I was like, they didn't. <laughs> they won anyway. You knew what they would win. They won anyway. My favorites. Uh, I'm gonna say this, and then I gotta jump off here. So. Uh, everyone in this house can get to bed at a reasonable hour. Yeah. If you, if you look at, um, I may write this in one of my 40 pieces this week, the line history of Tennessee and Alabama. Um, we were, the last time we were favored was 07. Of course we lost Saban's first year. We were minus one in Tuscaloosa the year before we were minus 10 in Knoxville. It shows you how much things, how quickly things changed. And then we were, um, plus five in Fulmer's last year. And since then, the closest we've been is 2016. We were plus 13. But, the but I mean, it's just absurd. Like the last one, two, three, four, five years, this is going to sound like I'm calling out the Powerball numbers. The last five years against Bama, <laughs> working, working backwards, the last five years starting in 2021, Plus 25, plus 21, plus 34, plus 29, plus 36, going all the way back to Butch Jones last year. Like, this is just, it's been a hopeless enterprise for five years. And the closest it got before that was plus 13. So now to be at seven and a half on Sunday night, like, yeah. Again, let's just go play. I don't have, I don't have the context for it. It's, I could do a fancy bar graph and be like, you know, one of these things is not like the other one. <laughs> there's nothing more depressing than sitting in kneeling in the fourth quarter, and there's nothing but Bama fans left, and, well, and they're singing "Rammer Jammer." And that, oh. that, there's a full circle. Like my two favorite things to the "Are We Back?" conversation this week. One on a, a text group with a bunch of my buddies, we were talking about you know, it practical world now we're reaching the point of like ooh the bowl game and who's got vacation days and could we you know how much fun would it be to do this or that and i was like well really at this point i i feel like the citrus bowl is a worst case scenario and that's how you know you're back like if the citrus bowl is the worst case scenario that's a good sign of being back Um, but but i i think also too like man if you go through and and look at just you know all of these these different things of how bad it's been and whatever the start of that you know if if you um that last former year where it was that way where all the tennessee fans left and it was only bama fans left and doing that that's what we just did to lsu last week so like there's a bit of there's the full circle of until you do that to someone else you know are you really back so check that one off the list. All right. Well, um, I really hope that's got recorded because (laughs) it was pretty good. Right. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Cross your fingers. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, keep, keep in touch this week and let me know. And, um, we can, we can enjoy the week. It'll be good. All right. Sounds good.
Alright, man. Have a good